Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Clone Wars Commentary. I'm your host, Cheyenne, and I'm graced with someone's beautiful presence. Ahaha. Say hi, Grace. Hi. What's I'm, up? I'm not that funny, but I, I try. You're hilarious. <laughs> um, we are talking about one of the most iconic arcs um, in all of Clone Wars and all of Star Wars, really. We are talking about the Mortis arc. I should really get, like, um, like an applause... Soundboard. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. For after Straight I like oh, yeah. announce what we're talking about so it can be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds amazing. We should do that. It's probably a really good idea. It would be a very handy yeah. tool. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So let's just jump right in. I told Grace at the beginning of this that I don't know. I want to talk about this as an arc as a whole, like more of like the story itself of Mortis rather than episode 15, 16 and 17. But by doing it by episode, that's also what keeps me organized. So we're just gonna throw it all around here and kind of be all over the place probably. So please bear with us and enjoy as well. Um, But starting off with episode 15, it is called Overlords. um, And the fortune cookie is Balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. Hmm. <laughs> Grace, what do you love, hate, Let's... think about with this quote? Okay. So, oh, that makes me think of a lot of different things. Because <laughs> in the one who, like, faces his guilt, kind of makes me think of, like, Palpatine, almost. Because, like... yeah. He eventually, like, comes face-to-face with everything that he's done over, like, the 70-something years of his life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, um, because most people, at least I would assume, would think of Anakin first. Mm-hmm. But, like... I did. Yeah. And, like, when I look at those fortune cookies, I try not to look at Anakin first. I always try to look at and see if it fits... Anyone else? Someone else mm-hmm. within the story before fitting Anakin, because like we know it's going to fit Anakin, right? But who else would also coincide with it? Mm-hmm. Kind of. No, um, I like that. Yeah, and it's also sort of the idea of um, not necessarily like karma, but kind of just how like. At the end of the day, when it comes down to it, you'll, you are the one that has to, like, deal with choices you've made and, like, have to be familiar with that pretense in a way. Yeah. Well, and especially, like, with Palpatine, because I feel like he, um, made all these choices because he wanted to, but, like, when they go wrong, he has to have some sort of guilt, you know? Maybe. Yeah. I mean... This might be a little bit out there to say, but in my opinion, like, Palpatine is very, like, sadistical and, like, masochistic in a way. It's like, he doesn't really, like, he, you can fully understand that, like, he is enjoying Mm -hmm. everything he's doing. Oh, without a doubt. Every step of the way, the whole time. He does not regret a thing. No. I think the one time he even comes close to regretting anything is when Mace almost kills him in Revenge of the Sith. 
and he's like just there with Mace yeah. before Anakin shows up. Mm-hmm. And as he's like dying in, oh my god, Which episode one? nine. I'm oh yes, yeah, Cause, yeah, yeah. Yes, because I'm, I'm thinking of like the time that he died, but he didn't. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. Yeah, where he gets like thrown mm-hmm. by Anakin Vader into the shaft. <laughs> Anakin Vader. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Anakin Vader throws him, uh, pulls a Darth Maul on him, sort of. Uh, but like he only kind of faces the realization of what he's done in mm-hmm. those moments. He never really recognizes it before that point. Yeah, that's true. So I. I- would like to think of this, if I had to think of somebody besides Anakin for this quote, so balance is found in the one who faces his guilt. Probably Obi-Wan? Even Luke, too. Obi-Wan and Luke, only in regards to the fact that their Padawans turned out to be bad bad boys. Ooh. Bad guys. Obi-Wan's a really interesting way to do it. Yeah, because balance, I mean, he has to face the guilt of letting Anakin fall to the dark side when in all reality, like, it's not entirely his fault. Like, at the end of yeah. the day, there's nothing that you can do to change someone. It's so... You can only do so much. Yeah, you can't change someone so deeply when it's already, like, inherently there. Um exactly. So, I don't necessarily... I'm not a fan that, like, blames Obi-Wan. But at the same time, like, I understand why he would feel guilty, considering he was his master. But he obviously so- finds balance because then he trains Luke and he, like comes to terms yeah. with living, you know. In regards to like guilt, I think it fits Obi-Wan like really well. Mm-hmm. Not like in a morbid sense, but because he's lost so many people in his life. Yeah. Like he lost Qui-Gon, he lost Anakin, he lost Padme, he lost Satine, he lost the entire Jedi Council, like his way of life. Mm-hmm. All within like such a short time span. A ten, like a 15 year span. Yeah. Like such a short amount of time between being at like the height of his life, the peak of his, of like the cultural situation in which he was surrounded in mm-hmm. to being completely wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. Like. No, I agree. This is my history nerd side <laughs> talking, but like. He's essentially witnessing, like, and I don't usually use this term lightly, but, like, it fits. He's essentially witnessing, like, a cultural genocide. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Like, a complete... Multiple times. A complete... Yeah, exactly. Because he witnesses it on Mandalore and with the council. Exactly. And um, even with, like, not even just the council, but, like, the idea of the Republic. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, how the Republic becomes the Empire, it was completely wiped out. Yeah, all of it. Multiple yeah. cultural genocides. I agree with that. Um, yeah. So, wow, that quote just led us down a whole path. But, um, it did. <laughs> so this first episode of the Mortis arc um, is basically the discovery of the planet. Um, so they are on a mission. I don't remember what the mission is. Kind of irrelevant, honestly. They're on a mission, and at some it's point... a mysterious message. Yeah, they get some sort of message and they are they end up not even seeing the planet, but then like being near the planet. Um and then yeah, they end up like on it, they land. Yeah. 
Um, I don't even know if yeah. land is the right word. They crash land. Um, <laughs> and they discover that this planet has, like, life and death, um, decay, warmth and cold, um, crazy storms, all this stuff. And it made me think about, and I didn't think of this until later on in the episode, um, but it made me think about what Ray says when Luke is asking her to feel out into the forest and she, like, feels all these things, life, death, uh, death giving new life, all this stuff. And I'm like, this planet is the encompassing part of that. So not yeah. necessarily that Ryan Johnson was probably like, oh, I'm going to use this line and then make it this way. Or, like, I'm going to use this planet and turn it into, like, a dialogue. But yeah. the fact of the matter is that sometimes even when they don't plan it, things fall into place for Star Wars. Um, exactly. So I really loved that. I loved that we got to visualize it, what she said. It made me think of Exegol, mm, mm-hmm. in a way. It's like the whole idea of, like, having that, like, death and decay moment Yeah. on the planet is, like, that's the first thing I thought of was Exegol. Because, like, it could be made... Not, like, a direct comparison or, like, a parallel, but you could definitely see similarities. Yeah. If you went back and looked at it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if that was intentional necessarily, but, like, it was just definitely something I thought of. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, That's the thing. I always try to to come at it from a, like, I don't think it was intentional, but I'd like to think it was intentional. Um, Or it's now intentional in my mind. (laughs) Um... In this episode, I think one of the most important things we see throughout the whole arc of Mortis, or being on Mortis, really the point of it, is Anakin's trial. Um, So Anakin has already faced, like, trials of the, to become a Jedi Knight, um, just in general, and in life, (laughs) really. Um, And so now he's facing another trial by these strangers that he doesn't know that are telling him that he's the chosen one. And he's been told that really his whole life or even in the matter of like, I don't know. Here's a question. Has he been told that his whole life? I don't remember anybody saying that he's the chosen one to him. I don't think so either. Um, At least from what I can recollect, I think Qui-Gon says it to him. Yeah. But, like, not directly, sort of. Like, he says something about, like, there's something Mm -hmm. there. I don't remember. Like, special about you or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, like, it's made quite obvious Mm -hmm. that there's something about him. And even Shmi is able to recognize it, in a way. Like, she knows there's something there. Yeah. And even if they didn't have the words for it, it was there. Yeah. Like, name or not, sort of. Um, yeah. It's like, I don't believe the words chosen one are necessarily used until he comes in contact, like, with the Jedi directly. Yeah, I think um, you're right. At least to my understanding. No, I think you're right. I, I think the Jedi are, like, the only ones to kind of use it. I think other people tended to have, like, other words for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like how, uh, like, different planets had, like, different names for the Force or, like, different ways of thinking about, um, like, Force-related 
happening. Like um, the Lasats in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember what they called it, but um, yeah, no, I agree, and I think I think chosen one, yeah, could be considered uh, or interpreted differently as well. Um, it's Anakin's, also very hero's journey. Yeah, um, Anakin's I've trial. That a lot, what the hero's journey? Yeah, I mentioned that a lot, but like eventually we will go into detail. I mean, I hero's probably. journey is like constant in any story that you see. There's some f- almost. Every story that you see, there's some form of that. Exactly. Um, yeah, which I think is really interesting that they keep like pulling from that in a way. Yeah, and I think that I think yeah. that in a way, I mean, every story always will simply because mm-hmm. that's what interests us. We want to think that we're the heroes of our own stories. So then, watching somebody right. else be a hero is also like just intriguing. Um, exactly. Anakin's trial is to me. It's very. Um, not simple. Um, it's like, a, it's a basic understanding of, like, what's going to happen. You already know what's going to happen because neither Obi-Wan nor Ahsoka are going to die at this point in the story or in Anakin's life or any of that. In the moment, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, my God. Um, the first time I watched it, obviously. But it also is so utterly deep into the relevance of... Um, like, his attachments. <laughs> because... Yeah. Literally, like, yes, everybody is a friend um, or a loved one to Jedi. But at the end of the day, Obi-Wan literally was like, you should save Ahsoka. Because yeah. in that moment, if Obi-Wan had been faced with that, he would have saved Ahsoka. Right. And it's not because he doesn't love Anakin. It's because Ahsoka is younger and not as strong, and so he would think Anakin can handle himself. He's going to handle himself. I'm going to get Ahsoka first, and then I'll get Anakin. But if Anakin dies, oh well. You know? That's the way of the Force. That's the way of life. Versus Anakin being like, I don't know how to choose, because I've never detached from anything, even though everybody my whole life has told me to. Yeah. So, like, I know that the trial was his... Yeah. I know that the trial was his like, challenge of power, but I love to think of it in the challenge of the mind, too, because I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He, he didn't get the chance to be like, no, I have to detach, because he just doesn't have that in him, you know? It's definitely not in his nature. He's, it's not that he grows too attached to things, it's, it's human nature. It's like, people get attached to things like really easily and especially for people that have been faced with trauma Mm -hmm. like a lot like Anakin has because like let's be real he grew up as a slave until he was 10 years old yeah the first decade of his life he was a slave and if that isn't like trauma the most traumatic thing that a kid could experience that isn't other things that we won't get into, mm-hmm. then I don't know what it is. Yeah. Because, like, there's no good way that he could, like... I mean, there are ways that he could, like, overcome it, but at the end of the day, it's like there isn't a way for the trauma to just completely go Right. Away. It just so never... It never just that. disappears. Um, no matter right. how much you so, overcome anything. 
Yeah, and that's always been, like, a big thing for Anakin that people always tend to overlook is, like, the reason why he is how he is is because he is how he grew up. Mm-hmm. He was very attached to his mother because he was afraid of losing her. Yeah. To death, to being sold, to a bunch of different situations. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, people fail to realize that it's like he's a product of his environment. Of course, he's going to be scared of losing attachments yeah, because it's like losing part of himself. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think we often uh, speculate on um, how many chosen ones there might be. I know I could have asked this earlier. I didn't think of it until now. But um, do we still think, based off of this trial and based off of the father being so determined? Um, to discover if he was the chosen one. Do we still think that there are multiple chosen ones? Um, do you think that maybe they just fall into different timelines or that he is literally the chosen one as the father would call him? And do you think the father has done this before? Has he challenged a chosen one before? I definitely think that there are more than one. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it's... It wouldn't make sense... To put the world on one person's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, I just said that and it made me think of Atlas, the Greek myth, mm-hmm. where he was carrying the world on his shoulders. That's essentially Anakin's journey as the Chosen One. He's carrying yeah. the entire galaxy on his shoulders yeah. without people realizing that everything can't fall to one man. That's just, that's not how it works. Yeah, and they put a lot of pressure on him. The Jedi Council did. They put a lot of pressure on that right. that fact of, or the prophecy of him being the chosen one. They were always so worried about him. I wonder if they just, like, overdid it. And Well, we know they I overdid it, but, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Um, interesting. There's definitely an element to, like, having multiple. Mm-hmm. Because, as I said, like, you can't have all of that on one person. It has to be more than one individual. I mean, whether it be that they didn't find anyone Mm -hmm. else and that they just found him and, like, assumed that he was the only one. Right, that's true. Or they knew that there were more than one and were only able to find him or, like, something of that nature. That's a good point. There's definitely more out there. Yeah, he was maybe just the option that fell in their lap. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. That's also to what you said about, like, was that the only trial that the father oh, yeah. did? I absolutely don't think so. Like, he had, there were definitely ones that came before Anakin. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, huh. I wonder what happened. Especially because of how... Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> especially because of, like, how structured the whole thing is. That's true. And, like, yeah. And because, like, having such, like, strong force wielders, like the father, the daughter, and the son, which I love how they're named, by the way, that is, like, that's amazing (laughs) writing. And I really appreciate when stories do things like that. Yeah. Um, But there's no possible way that, like, Anakin was the only one. Because, like, then... If Anakin was the only one, then why are the father, the daughter, and the son so powerful? Yeah. 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 No, that's a good like, point. If he was the chosen one, he would be the most powerful. 
Yeah. But, like, he was equally matched. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought of it that way. Um, so yeah, I just thought of that. <laughs> I love that. Um, so basically this whole, this, that's what this whole episode was based around. The discovery of the planet, the trial of Anakin, um, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka kind of being level-headed about the whole thing and him not being so level-headed about the whole thing. Um, when which is, isn't Anakin level-headed? Exactly. I was about to say this big well, Anakin energy. when is he level-headed? When is he level-headed? Um, so in the end of this, um... The father tells Anakin, leave and your selfishness shall haunt you and the galaxy. Um, because the father is dying and he wants Anakin to take his place because he is the chosen one um, in this situation. And he's like, you've proved your strength, like you belong here. That's what the prophecy says, is that you'll stay here. Um, and my, so t I have two thoughts about this. One thought is Anakin could never... <laughs> He would never just abandon his oh, life no. to do this. But he my, never. yeah, my other thought is it's interesting that a prophecy, like the father, the son, and the daughter are literal family. Like they are, they are literal, like force wielding family. Um, to, to assume in any sense of a prophecy that somebody who happens to be considered the chosen one could just come in and control those two. When the father can't even control the son. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's to say that the chosen one, just because yeah. they belong to stay there to balance those two out, means that they're going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to do that. You know? Right. Like, the son doesn't care. <laughs> the son does what he wants. Yeah. He's a rebellious teenager who just wants to go to his room and blast My Chemical Romance at 3 a.m. Yeah. And he just, it's just so funny to me that, like, whoever, however these prophecies come into being, which, to be fair, the father probably wrote them. Yeah. Um, but it's like, how how would you think that your son would take that? It wasn't going to go well anyways. Exactly. Um, after the discovery of all of this, they basically are trying to leave. So we're now in episode 16, Altar of Mortis. Um, and the fortune cookie is, he who surrenders hope surrenders life. I think overall that's just a really good Star Wars common theme. Um, if you give up hope, life just starts to go downhill. Oh, that made, that made me think of a thing. Um, <laughs> Anakin at some point says, um, there's always hope. Um, I want to say that's in this, yeah, that's in this episode. Um, and then, what? I found it. Okay. Um. But you can continue what you're saying. No, no, go ahead. I have to go wash my finger, so please. Oh, you're good. So, when you said he who surrenders hope surrenders life, yeah, it made me think of, um, again, history nerd moment here. Um, it made me think of this one quote from the movie Schindler's List, um, who... Involves Liam Neeson, so, like, it's Star Wars, I guess. Um, but there's this one quote, and it says, like, whoever saves one life saves the world entire. And I feel like that also sort of fits for Anakin in a way. Like, in the sense of him being the chosen one, and, like, that he's, like, responsible for all of this life taking place, it's like, it kind of fits the same 
demographic. I mean, obviously not the same situation, but, like, it's definitely a little bit of a parallel. Because, like, he is, like, a very responsible individual. So it's, like, it brings a lot of... I don't know if tension is the word, the right word, but, like, it brings a lot of, like, meaning to yeah. the whole idea. Yeah. Because, like, the idea of, like one person being in control of all life is just, like, a very important sentiment, I guess, like, yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. So it... I don't know. That's just the first thing that popped <laughs> in my head. I mean, I... Excuse that. me. I wish I held that kind of information in my head, or uh, and I would be on yeah. the same page as you, but it never sticks around That's long. a historian brain for you. <laughs> um, so... Oh, I lost my place. Um... To the action of the episode, they are start to leave the planet, and the brother has stowed away, um, and Anakin has, like, a bad dream, Ahsoka's like, you good, yeah. and uh, the brother kidnaps Ahsoka, and they just fly down. Obviously, this begins a little speeder chase, um, and any time I get to see Anakin flying is a good time. Yes. <laughs> I really this love that. where the fun begins. Yeah. And in Depending this flight... Huh? Spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> yeah, honestly, flying quotes from Anakin, iconic. Um, Love it. So in this flight, Obi-Wan glances, they're like bobbing and weaving all over the place, and Obi-Wan glances over <laughs> Anakin and like straight up is worried. And yep. he's not worried about the flying, which is what he normally is worried about. He is worried about the intensity and the passion at which Anakin is flying this ship to get to Ahsoka. And I... Yeah, I straight up never noticed it before. (laughs) Before my rewatch. I was just like, oh my god, this is so intense. Are they gonna get to Ahsoka? Of course they're gonna get to Ahsoka, but how? Um, And Obi-Wan is like, oh my god, he's crazy. (laughs) It's a moment out of Speed Racer. Because they do the exact same thing in the anime. I've never seen Speed Racer. Oh, it's an anime. It's I was so like, good. what? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that to me. There are moments in this in this whole arc too where Obi Wan, I feel like, um, is exposed to Anakin's inner being, inner monologue, um, or just like in a way that he hasn't been. Yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, He's and like, he doesn't say anything to anybody after this, like, no. sir. And- yeah, I think it's really interesting because, like, it's an idea of, like, rediscovery in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, Anakin is rediscovering himself. Obi-Wan is discovering things about him. Ahsoka is, like, relearning Anakin in a way. Yeah, but, like, they've never seen the side not, of him like, before. Exactly. Like, none of the three of them expected that, obviously. It's like, how do you expect... To learn that kind of information yeah. in such a short period of time, it's yeah. a lot to process. Exactly, especially that. after you like did something you didn't think you could do, like him exactly. literally ripping the brother and the sister out of the sky. Yes. Um, the daughter like, and the son. Power move. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Listen, the way he acted in the trial, I was like, wow, he's crushing. It. Like, sir. Also, the echoey voices throughout this arc, I yeah. love. I love that. It's amazing. Such a good element. I love that. Yeah. Such a good... Whenever it's... And 
I think I've mentioned this before. I might have mentioned it in the Night Sister arc. Oh yeah. But whenever about. that is used, like that voice effect, it's just it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I love Chef's it. kiss, honestly. Because like it's so cool sounding. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it a like, lot. Awesome. Um so okay, so we get to Ahsoka being kidnapped, but it's for such a deeper reason. Um she is in jail. That's a loose term. Um she's taken Yeah, she's taken prisoner and there's this weird creepy being in there with her. And I remember being like, what the heck? Like, okay, so this the sun like captures things and like keeps them in prison. Like also there's nothing on this planet, so who even is that and why is it there? Um that was the first time I watched it. Obviously, after that, like rewatching it this time, I was like, oh, this is the brother. So creepy that he decided to do this. And then he bites Ahsoka. The weird gargoyle? Yeah. He bites Ahsoka as the weird gargoyle thing. And then, like, puts the dark side in her veins, I guess. (laughs) And Not not gonna lie. Huh? That terrified me as a kid. Yeah, it's gross. I I hate him. I nightmares about it for, like, a week afterward. He's horrible. He's so bad. Like, that's gross. Why do you have to do it like that? Also, like... Why do you have to bite her? Yeah. I just... It's like it's like a reverse vampire situation. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, that he's a snake? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and he... I'm getting off on a chaotic tangent. That's okay. He was so creepy about it, I guess, is the, the issue yeah. that I'm having. You know? Like, he could have just been like, ah. <laughs> and, like, bitter. He, he um, looks like... He also slightly looks like Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, like the snout area. Um, so, he bites Ahsoka, she passes out, but also wakes up with, like, dark side stuff. Dark side eyes, weird veins, she's pissed. (laughs) And, um, when Anakin and Obi-Wan, or just Anakin, finally gets to her, um, she is like, Master, you annoy me. (laughs) And I don't think you really are proud of me. I think you're a liar, and I think you need to turn to the dark side or die. Um, And then they fight, but Anakin is not really invested in this fight. He's, like, very scared to hurt her. He doesn't really engage until later on when he kind of has to. Um, He mostly is doing defensive moves, and his face is, like, really worried and concerned, which I appreciated, because I feel like what we typically get out of Anakin when it becomes lightsaber battle time is I am powerful. I am good at this. I will beat you. Um, but when he's fighting, he goes head first situation. Yeah. Head first. But he's fighting he somebody first. he loves. And now he's like, Oh, I like, can't, I can't yeah. do what I'm used to doing. How am I supposed mm-hmm. to handle this? And also yep. have I lost Ahsoka forever? Ugh. So it, it's a lot to process. Yeah. Um, especially because, like, the type of relationship that Anakin and Ahsoka have. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tend to say that they have, like, a father-daughter relationship, but I don't really see that. Mm-hmm. I see it more as, like, an older brother-younger sister type thing. Yeah, same. Yeah, like, I I, I, I don't get where people get the other idea from, yeah. but hey. Whatever. Let's um, let's talk about that relationship real quick. I yes. love them. I 
didn't realize how much that there, and I might cry right now, which we know is typical for me. Um, I never realized how much their relationship meant to me until recently. Um, even, even in season seven, um, I, I wasn't surprised in season season seven because I knew what was going to happen and I knew that it was going to get to me. But I think now that we have season seven and alongside my already established feelings of their relationship, I am so attached to them. I could never be a Jedi. I'm so attached. I, I cry about everything that they do. Yeah. And because like, I was about to have a thought. I was like, wait, Anakin doesn't have any siblings, but, like, technically, technically, he has a half-brother. Oh. So, like, because of Owen. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. Is I Owen her kid? Or is that his stepbrother? Stepbrother. Oh, okay. Okay. So, like, so, like his sibling, but, like, not. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. And it's, like, it's odd to think about, like, when thinking of Anakin and Ahsoka, mm-hmm. if reviewing them from, like, a brother and sister perspective, do we think that, like, other Jedi Padawans kind of saw each other the same way? Like, like, like it, brother and sister Padawans? Really yeah, like, yeah. did they think of themselves like a family unit, or did they think of themselves all separate and, like, I would no say... Relation? It probably is a transitional thing. So I would say, like, the age of the younglings that Anakin killed. They probably don't have... I'm sorry to word it that way, but I don't think they would have a familial feeling towards each other. They're just learning, and they're babies, so they're just like, okay, and then they go back to their master, you know, and that would be, like, father-son, mother-son, mother-daughter, mother, mother, whoever, you know, like, that would all feel that way but to each other they wouldn't but i would probably say around ahsoka's age like yes and no um being like again situational because i feel like ahsoka is never around she's never at the temple you know Mm -hmm. but somebody like barisafi who has a few missions and obviously we don't know as much but like she seems to just have a few missions so she's probably at the temple way more so she probably does have a relationship with other padawans that way you know, yeah. and they don't necessarily feel the need to seek it out because they have those relationships with their masters. So, right. like, Ahsoka never feels the need to, like, go to the teen Padawan party. You know what I'm saying? The teen party where they're yeah. drinking jungle juice and oh my God. playing. I'm just going to stop my. Jedi rocks. <laughs> um, okay. I, I lost my Sorry, train tangent. of thought. It's not your fault. Um, yeah, we love a tangent. So the father gets knocked out. Oh, yep. and the sister. I keep calling them the brother and the sister. I know it's the father, the son, and the daughter. Just as like a preface for anybody who wants to come for me about that. I can't help it. It's I don't know why. Um, so the daughter. It would make sense. Yeah, the daughter takes um, Obi Wan down into this altar. Um, we don't know what the altar is for other than the blade that they get from it. Um, but later on, the father even says, like, you took him down to the altar. She's like, I didn't have a choice or I didn't know what else to do or how to stop him. And I want to know, like, what, like I said, what else the altar might have been for besides the blade. Or, I mean, obviously it could have just been for that blade because apparently it also can do anything to any of them. 
Um, but the blade is supposed to... Con- huh? Something. What? You just made me think of something. Oh, what? You said, like, the altar could hold more than just the blade. Mm-hmm. When you said altar, it immediately... And, like, the blade, mm-hmm. it immediately kind of made me feel kind of like a religious kind of reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, throughout various religions, there are, like, significant objects of importance. Yeah. So, like... Maybe it's the same way, in a way. Yeah. Um, no, I can see that perspective. Like, they're like, you can't touch it. Nobody can touch it. Right. Um, I don't... I just want to know. I want to know why there's always an item where immortal beings, well, or, or not so immortal beings, but beings that are, like, supernatural and super powerful, still have an item that can kill them somewhere. I like it. Don't because, get me wrong. That's important. Yeah. But it's so... It's just how it's, writing works. Yeah, it's just how the story... It's just how story writing works. Because yeah. it's so funny to me. It's like, there's nothing that can kill them. Oh, well, okay, bye. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know? A, it's the Superman kryptonite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. I'm like, okay, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so dad comes in to break the fighting. <laughs> dad um and the father father, but also dad um so he comes in to break up the fighting that includes anakin and obi-wan fighting ahsoka and the daughter and the son are fighting and he's like shooting electrical red lightning at her um and she's deflecting a lot she did really well i also enjoy the fact that she's not necessarily using any detrimental powers to him she's just throwing back what he throws i really feel like that's such a cool light side thing to think about i love that um so he comes in and breaks it up and at some point the brother gets the dagger because ahsoka took it because she's a badass and just flipped over and grabbed it and obi-wan announced that he was gonna throw it dummy yeet yeah and yeah you just gotta yell yeet as you throw it you can't say it beforehand (laughs) yes um Uh, what ahsoka is the john wick of the star wars universe i've never seen john wick i just know what you're i just know what you mean oh my god yeah unless i have but i don't think i have yeah which one is that john wick that's the one where the Badass dude in the suit, um, his wife dies, and then his dog dies, and then he goes, and it's like, I'm gonna kill these people. You named so many this movies quick, just now. This is quickly becoming a John Wick podcast. Yeah, yeah. Slowly transitioning. Um, yeah. Again, losing my place in my notes. My notes Ahsoka are in my phone. I gotta stop doing that. Ahsoka, Ahsoka's being John Wick. She yeah. hands the brother the blade. Blade announces that he's going to kill his father, the father. Dumb. And so the sister is like, no. And she jumps in front of him and dies. Um, And the son is like panicking. He's like, what have I done? Which is very Anakin of him. Um, It's super angsty. Yeah. And then he just like flies away. He just eats. Which I also had a thought. Because at some point when Obi-Wan needs to get a hold of the father, he sees the, the tower where they're at. And he, force users, basic force users, Jedi, if you will, cannot fly. They can levitate, but they cannot fly. And the, the daughter and the son can fly in their transformative, like, 
eagle, griffin, and bat appearance. But they can leap so high to get yes, to that appearance. And I'm like, listen, Obi-Wan, if you just, like, focus really hard, I bet you could do it, too. So, anyways. Yeah, like, how... Side note. <laughs> like, how is he able to, like, do that? It yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, I'm so high. And like, I know he's supposed to be powerful, but, like, Obi-Wan, you could do it, too. I bet. Like, geez, okay. Maybe. Parkour? Parkour. Um, he took some lessons from Cal Castus. <laughs> Wow, I need to play that game. I I played Battlefront for the first time the other night in, in a long time, and I was pretty good at the game I was playing, so that was nice. Um, I even killed two lightsaber characters with a gun, not with a lightsaber. Well, that was impressive to me. I'm I'm gonna go back and like do a replay of Fallen Order at some point. Yeah, I need to too. That game. I'm probably gonna do one of Battlefront and of Fallen Order pretty soon. Um. So, maybe we can use the Kessel Run Weekly page for that, and then just have that on there. Hey. Um, Kessel Run Weekly. Hey, we love a shameless plug. plug. Um, so, <laughs> listen, I was editing the other day, and fun fact for all you listeners, that I'm sorry for how many times you have to hear me say it, because I don't feel like editing it out every five seconds, but I say, um, so much. And when I'm doing public speaking, I don't do that, because I was trained not to. But when I'm reading and I have to, like, talk and then I pause and then I say, um, as as I look for my next note, oh, it's so annoying. So I'm sorry to everybody else who listens to me say that every, every five seconds. I'm going to try and fix it. So when the daughter dies, um, she – see, I said um again. We'll, we can keep a tally. Uh, she sees – or she doesn't die immediately. She – passes her last light into Ahsoka through Anakin, which is interesting because I wonder why they needed a, like, conductive system for that to happen. But Electrical current? Yeah, yeah. So she passes it through Anakin um, to give Ahsoka the last light in her, which comes back later throughout Star Wars. And we start to witness, as she, like, actually passes, we start to witness the breaking down of the planet and a literal broken balance. And Alec yeah. and Anakin still doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he sees so much while he's on this planet, but he doesn't get it. He's, he's a bit of a hardhead. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he's a hardhead. Yeah. Sometimes. And he I'm just, just, I'm like, you've seen so much. And I know that you forgot some of it because the father made you. But, yeah. sir, the planet is literally deteriorating because the light side is gone. So, hello. Please. Sir, you need to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I missed this because I was jumping ahead of myself, but in the end, before he passes the light through to Ahsoka, he... The father says there is no hope, and Anakin says, yes, there's always hope. Uh, Again... I love that quote. Yeah. Common theme throughout Star Wars, but I... It really hit me harder that Anakin said it, because... When I think about, when I watch Star Wars now, and I think about the the release order of things, and how I would feel based on seeing it in the release order of things, I feel it deeper, you know? Versus being like, oh, I saw Anakin first, so Leia doesn't mean as much to me, when in fact, because I saw Anakin first, she means more to me. 
Yeah. Even though they didn't plan on things like that, you know, he could, they took a line of Anakin saying there's always hope, and it makes me think of Leia saying, you're my only hope, and Jin saying yeah. rebellions are built on hope, like, hope mm-hmm. being the common theme, not only pieces it all together, but, like, makes it mean more to me as a fan. Right. And I think that's just, like, one of the most important things about all of this. That's one of the reasons I stick with the show. I've been watching the um, saga as a whole this past week, I would say, uh, either before bed or falling asleep or at work on my breaks. And one of my coworkers was like, why do you, why do you like it so much? Or how often she asked me that, but then she also asked me like, how often do I watch Star Wars? And I said, well, the saga as a whole, like one through nine, not in any particular order at always, um, at least once a month. And I was like, but then I scatter like rebels and clone wars, um, in there. And it just, she said, Oh, that's, that's really interesting. She wasn't judging me. She was just like, really like curious as to how many times I had seen all this. And I'm like, the more I watch it, the more it means to me, you know? And I know that that's so cheesy. Something else. Yeah. But you learn learn something else. Every time you watch every it. Every time. It's like going to Disney and yeah. there's something new every single time I'm there. Mm-hmm. Even though I work there. <laughs> um, I was watching uh, Return of the Jedi with my mm-hmm. mom the other day. Yeah. And, like, I learned, like, a ton more about, like, Leia mm-hmm. and about her and Han that I didn't know about before. Like, I never really noticed it until yeah. I was an adult. Yeah. And I didn't notice, like, how... Their demeanor changes, like that kind of thing, yeah. based off of what they're dealing with. And then like, it's a really interesting concept of like how something that you properly enjoy, mm-hmm. like you don't really get the full, like you don't get everything out of it at once. Yeah, it, it's a that's a good way of putting it. Thing. Yeah, well, and even like what you said with Han and Leia, like they're mannerisms around each other versus around other people versus in front of other people. Um, exactly. Versus to themselves, you know, like Leia in front of a group of fighter pilots is awesome and in charge. And her in front of Han is like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, also to like, bring it back to Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing in a way. Mm-hmm. Like you could definitely, see mannerisms of different people in Ahsoka. Oh, yeah. Um, and this oh, yeah. is even going as far as into season seven. Because, yeah. like, not only does she have a significant relationship with Anakin, but she also has, like, a significant relationship with Obi-Wan. He has... She has a relationship with Padme. She mm-hmm. has a relationship, like, with Barriss, in a way. Yeah. She's experienced things with Rex. Ventress. Like, you can tell that she's, like, learning from all these people and then just carrying it with her. Yeah. I feel like her relationship with Padme is so important in regards to that. It is. And people, and people forget about it. And it's like one of my favorite kind of moments Mm -hmm. is like, she carries these people with her, like throughout her whole journey. Yeah. And this is even like a little bit of a glimpse into like season seven and into rebels and a hint at the end of this arc. But the whole thing, like, with the daughter and, like, the symbolism of Morai, I believe mm-hmm. is the name of the bird. I think so. 
And like every and like this is even like after this arc, so from the Mortis arc until where she is now, which mm-hmm. I won't spoil. Uh where she is now currently in canon, Morai follows her. Yeah. Because essentially this is jumping ahead a little bit. That's alright. But after this experience, Ahsoka carries the daughter, the good side of the force, mm-hmm. with her through everything. Yeah. As like a it's, hope a, it's like yeah, it's a reminder. Like, it's a part it, of her. Right. It and is incredible because also, what? That's also something that a lot of people forget is that like Ahsoka just carry like she carries almost as much as Anakin but in a different kind of way like it's not really like in a traumatic sense but like in a way that like she has accepted the responsibility of what she carries and she doesn't carry it with grief and with guilt and with um like resentment right she carries it well she she looks for she it. Does. She seeks it out. She looks yeah. around whenever she's in a situation where she's like, Morai is probably here with me, or Morai should be right. here with and, me. And she does it in the way that she was taught through the Jedi. Yeah. This is the way, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you bring that up, too, because I believe where she currently is in canon, um, somebody brought up the point that she still holds beliefs from the Jedi, um, especially in regards to feelings and attachments. Uh, And I think that's so interesting to think about because she has seen so much between then and now um, in regards to canon, not the podcast. It's it's very, it's all very intriguing to me. And it's also Um, important as to why she's so important to many, lots of people, you know? Yeah, and also, a thing about this arc is, like, you can tell after this arc that, like, there's a significant change mm-hmm. in how these characters interact. All three of them. From season... Yeah, Mortis is season three, obviously. Like, yes. right? Yeah, we're in season three. Okay. So, from season three all the way to season seven, you can tell that they're, like, changed people. Yeah. Even and though they don't remember it <laughs> entirely. Right. Exactly. And that's also another thing to, like, go back on what I was saying earlier about mm-hmm. Anakin, like, experiencing trauma. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, like, this is, like, a PTSD traumatic experience for the three of them, but it's definitely an experience that is something that you won't necessarily walk away from, but something yeah. that they would always have with them in a way. Yeah. And that would continue to influence their lives yeah, it's a deep-seated internal thing. It's not necessarily a memory, but it's a feeling. And their whole their whole religion, their whole life is based off of feeling. So if they, right. if it's there subconsciously, regardless, they are gonna know that something else is within them. So I, and it makes me wonder because I did bring this up a couple times throughout my notes. Is um, Anakin being so? Not welcoming to the dark side, but understanding of it. In these yes. in these three episodes, yeah, he's like he's like willing to 
at least look at that perspective right and see it for what it is and yeah. not for what people are telling him and he is. sees it in a way um, that's like i'm doing it for you not for me exactly. i'm doing it because exactly. i want to help those that i love like obi-wan i can't leave ahsoka to to this or or um i have to save the galaxy from the emperor so i'm doing this for all of you even though he's honing on the dark side, you know, and he just doesn't recognize that. Um, But it lives within him forever. And the brother, we're jumping already into uh, episode 17, so we'll just keep going. This is kind of what I meant about, like, not forcing it, but I can't help it sometimes because I need to be organized. (laughs) So 17 is Ghosts of Mortis, uh, and Anakin in this one sees his future. And again, at the end of this arc, it's all erased from their memories. Uh, they wake up as if this is a, this has been a dream the whole time um, and that they were just kind of off off cams and off site for a little bit. But as we've been saying, it lives somewhere within them and it makes me curious to think about Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Do they remember Anakin's experience or do they remember only their own? And vice versa. Does Anakin remember anything that happened with Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, or does he only remember, or not even remember, but does he only feel the things that the brother did to him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, like, do they sort of remember, like, how they saw Anakin differently? Right. Yeah, like, do they they remember feeling Anakin do bad things you know exactly yeah and it's like it's really interesting even thinking of it like outside of a star wars perspective Mm -hmm. because i was doing a little bit of research as to like how people kind of view this episode in regards to relationships and it made at least from people i know that are familiar with star wars as much as we are Mm -hmm. um outside of the council on weekly circle but like still within Star Wars fandom. Yeah. Uh, And I was talking to a couple different people and they were saying like, well, watching Obi-Wan and Ahsoka see Anakin differently kind of made me, like made people think about like, oh, I remember when I saw this person in my life differently than I'd seen them before. Like I saw them in a very vulnerable moment. And they don't necessarily remember it, but I do. It's, like, a very similar situation where... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like, where people tend... Sometimes, like, they'll just, like, let a wall down that they wouldn't normally allow to happen. I wonder, too, because... Yeah, because even further, like, Ahsoka later on in the seasons... I'm pretty sure. This is just off of memory, so who knows. Um... She voices her concern for him multiple times as far as the she dark does. side goes. So she does, yeah. I wonder if that's like a deep seated memory. Or I mean, yeah, obviously she's she concerned for him because she should be, but deep seated memory of he's done this before. Yeah. And he'll do it again. Um My one thing mm-hmm. that I'm also kind of curious about, it's mm-hmm. like this is my one Padme reference. Uh <laughs> One. I had to bring it up. Uh, but do you think Ahsoka or like Obi-Wan or even Anakin 
ever discussed anything like this with Padme after experiencing it. Because, like, Padme was there hmm. when Anakin killed all the Tusken Raiders. I would say Obi-Wan, no. Obi-Wan, no. Okay. No, because he probably, here's my prediction of Obi-Wan, he meditates his feelings away. He meditates yeah. his experiences into, like, a logbook of, he's a journaler, like, internally. Like, this is what happened to me today. This is how I handled it. It is now gone. It's a past experience. This is what I learned from it, and I will not hold it near and dear to my heart, and I will not let it define my future sort of behavior. Yeah. I think Ahsoka, right. yes. Um, I think Ahsoka probably was just like, oh my gosh, like, Anakin did this today, it was so funny, or Anakin did this today, I'm kind of worried about him. Um, or, like, I appreciate Anakin so much for this, and... But I also, to a certain extent, I would consider that she wouldn't be coming at it from a perspective of um, just venting. More so, like, her knowing Pad like Padme and Anakin. Yeah, yeah, and also understanding that she can't go and talk to anybody else about it because it's not supposed to be real. Right. And... But also say, like, she obviously has some restraint, you know? She can talk to Anakin about yeah. the things they've experienced together. So I don't think Padme's, like, a release for her. It's just, like, if if it happenstance. In all of their travels yeah. together, you know, it can be things that she's mentioned, but it's never, like, seeking her out. The and reason I th- why I was... Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, No, sorry. go ahead. Um, the reason why I was thinking of it was because, like, of the things that Padme has witnessed like mm-hmm. for Anakin. Yeah. Like she like I said, like she witnessed him killing the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. Witnessed like the grief that he had when his mother died and like bringing her back to the homestead. Mm-hmm. And like his fear that he has for her, like throughout the whole Clone Wars. And yeah. even like into Revenge of the Sith, because like season seven, I almost said episode seven. <laughs> season seven um, coincides directly with Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Through that, through that entire season, he's fearful. He's afraid. He doesn't know what's going to like become of everything. So yeah. it's like, I would definitely be able to see that. Like, he says to her one day, like, "Oh, this happened. Like, mm-hmm. I want to." Not to, like, vent to her, but, like, kind of make her under... Not make her understand, but, like, give her an opportunity to understand that, like... Give her a reason as to why he's feeling the way he is or, like, why he might be moping around the house. Exactly. I think, too, I think he would... Yeah, he would express things like that, but I don't think he would... um, God, what's the right word? I think he would put it up with... With, like, how he says in um, Revenge of the Sith when he's like, I I won't let you die giving childbirth, yeah. or, or I won't let you die, and yeah. she's like, I won't die giving childbirth, and he's like, and she's like, I promise, and he's like, no, I promise you. I think he would yeah. very much, like, be the the type of guy to be like, no, I'm doing this because of this, and he wouldn't he wouldn't, like, make it a discussion. He would just be like... This is what made me feel this way, and that's it. End of story. <laughs> he reminds me. He reminds me of like 
a couple different other fictional characters too that like mm-hmm. do very similar things like in motivation to like protect the ones they love like yeah. that's a very common theme it's a yeah like there's there's this one phrase that like goes that's been going around recently it's mm-hmm. like he's a himbo <laughs> i don't even know what it means I but like, i do know what you're talking a himbo, about a himbo is like where this guy is like he's like a big tough dude but like he's he's a softie and like he respects women but like <laughs> And he's like, yeah, ladies are badass. Oh my god. But as soon as somebody goes to, like, threaten somebody that he loves, he'll, like, dukes out oh and like, god. stab someone. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. You're welcome. Gavin <laughs> told me about that earlier today. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I've seen it everywhere. I just never felt like looking it up, and now I know. The more you know. It's very <laughs> That would also be a good soundboard sound. The, like, sprinkles of pixie dust with, like, the more you know. Um, (laughs) the last thing I want us to leave with, because really the ending episode is just kind of them trying to get to the ship before the sun, um, after Ahsoka has the light brought back into her and Anakin faces his dark self. Yes. Uh, technically. Yeah. And Anakin and the father end up killing the son through, like, a betrayal, uh, and the son reveals he had some good left in him in the conversation that he had with the father. But Ana- or before the father dies, Anakin he tells Anakin to beware of his heart. Uh, mm-hmm. That, to me, was, like, the, the larger message beyond all of this. Uh, all of them need to beware of their heart because Obi-Wan's attachment to Anakin makes it harder for him to detach in the end, which we know... Uh, Ahsoka's, Anakin's attachment to literally anything <laughs> is a problem. Yeah. And Ahsoka, Ahsoka's attachment to, like, her comfort, I would say. Uh, which we obviously see her overcome, too, when she leaves the yeah. Order. So, uh, it's just an overall, like, really good message to every one of them, but especially to Anakin. Yeah. Very simple and straightforward, which I love. So, that's all I got. Yeah. Do you have any last minute also, thoughts? um, Sorry if I threw you off. No, you're fine. Uh, ooh. When the father dies, his body vanishes. Didn't and, like, remember that. The whole that. idea of, like, the vanishing, like, I almost said corpse, which is, like, a really morbid way of saying it. <laughs> but, like, yeah, the vanishing, like, force being. Yes, that whole thing, when that happens, like, through the forest, because, mm-hmm. like, somebody is, like, passing into the forest. Mm-hmm. I like how that's, like, a theme. It's a very, like, not really, like, a comforting sentiment, but, like, I yeah. think it's really interesting that it carries across all the platforms. Whether you're, like, a Jedi or not. Because, mm-hmm. like, it happens to the father. He's not a Jedi. It happens to the son. It happens to the daughter, technically. Mm-hmm. Technically. Um, and, like, Leia happens to Ben. Uh, happens with Luke. happen to quite on. Dang. I just thought of something. It doesn't happen with Qui-Gon, but it happens to everyone else. What does yeah. that mean? They didn't think of it soon enough. <laughs> they yeah, were like, but, we uh, forgot. <laughs> or, or, hear me out. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> Qui-Gon wasn't wearing a robe. His robe oh was God. off because he was in fighting mode. All of the other ones that died were in a robe. <laughs> 
Because I thought about, so let me tell you why I thought about this. I was watching Last Jedi today, and Luke passes away into the Force, and his coat, like, flies away, his robe flies away, and I was like, you know what? Obi-Wan died, but his robe fell to the ground. Yoda passed away, and his robe was left. Or the robe under Qui-Gon, I guess, was left, which is interesting, because it's Qui-Gon's robe. And that was left after Yoda passed. Yoda didn't have his own robe on, but he had a robe on. This is like a whole theory now. <laughs> the okay, robe. We need to have like a separate episode for just about that theory. Does the robe matter? Yes or no? Um, <laughs> I love that. I'm going to go with yes. Sorry, uh, that's okay. That was so funny that you, I mean, you brought up like such an important aspect and I was like, the robes. Um, the robes. The robes. That's all I had. The Mortis arc is one of the best arcs, one of the most iconic for sure. Gave it's us one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. Gave us so much lore. Um, leads us into things in Rebels, like you mentioned earlier, like Morai the Bird, the Owl, I guess I would say. Uh I almost said War. I can't even I can't even say what I almost said. I don't even know. I don't know what it was. I had a stroke. Um <laughs> World Between Worlds. As well, in yeah. Rebels. Um, for those of Clone Wars commentary listeners that haven't seen Rebels, I highly recommend. Um, just as good as Clone season, Wars. Right? Huh? That's in the last season or the third yes. season? I don't remember. Last season. Okay. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember off the top I'm of my head. A, yeah, I haven't watched Rebels I in a while. I'm Rebels. currently rewatching. Yeah. I keep putting on, I keep pressing play when I go to sleep. And then I keep waking up and going, oh, I missed it. And so then I end up back at episode one, and then I keep falling asleep. And I'm like, yeah. there's only so many times I, that I can watch Ezra get off of Lothal. <laughs> yeah. Like, surprisingly, and, like, this is probably, and I don't even mean this, like, as a weird tangent, because it's probably the longest I've gone without, like, watching Star Wars stuff. Yeah. I because I've been watching stuff for classes. Yeah, I feel that. I think that's diving headfirst into the Outlander fandom. Like, <laughs> I think that's what's making I me do that. I'm like lost time. I lost all my time during school, so now I'm watching the saga every single week. Uh, okay, that's all I had for those of you out there listening. Thank you, Grace, for being here. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah. You can find me as the head mod and admin over at our Twitch page and Discord server, twitch.tv slash Weekly. And then I am also on Twitter at Amidala underscore 716. Nice. You can find me personally at CJerica on Instagram, CJerica95 on Twitter, um, or you can read my blog posts at thekybercrystal.wordpress.com. Crystal does have two L's. There have not been posts in a long time. Um, that's just because school and all sorts of things. I do have some posts in mind, so maybe they'll pop up pretty soon. Um, I'm thinking like a what if series, you know, like they're doing what if with Marble, but like what if in blog posts that. for Star Wars. That might be cool. If you want help, let me know. I will. I'll let you know. Um, that's where you can find me personally, but you can follow the main channel, Kessel Run Weekly, at Kessel Run Weekly on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also go to twitch.tv slash Kessel Run Weekly for any of our streams. I know Danny's looking forward to a friend stream pretty soon, either Among Us or yes. Phasmophobia. Never played Phasmophobia, but we'll see. Uh, I'm really bad at Among Us. Yeah, you can do that. I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I don't know if I'm going to handle that. Uh, <laughs> and. I can do that. 
Yeah, join the Facebook group, Kessel Crew. We don't have too many discussions going on right now, but we are focusing on The Mandalorian Season 2, which is really fun. Uh, sometimes we do polls over there. And check out the website, KesselRunWeekly.com. It'll lead you basically anywhere you need to go to check out the rest of our content. Thank you so much for listening. Grace, again, thank you so much for being here, and may the Force be with you. Always.